uh, I think first of it, uh, we did have a question that had came up that I do want to kind of go over first. So we'll we'll do this question and we'll kind of work through it. And so if you have any kind of think of it, and I'm going to be honest with you, if I get to the point where I don't fully know something, you know, we, we're going to work through this together. Uh, we got some people in here that are well seasoned and uh, have a lot of Bible knowledge and will can kind of help us work through this. So I'm not going to try to pretend like I know all the answers. Uh, I definitely don't. And I'm just going to trust the spirit of what we're going to do. So kind of think of a question and we'll see kind of where this first one kind of takes us. Uh, but the question that had came up uh, was uh, basically, will there be animals um, in the new earth? And so if we kind of just start with what is the new earth and what does that look like? Um, and so like, so we all have different knowledge. We all have different, uh, you know, where we're at uh, with our knowledge in the Bible. But so when we think of is if there's going to be animals in the new earth, we look at um, the timeline of the millennium and we look at the end times and we look at the tribulation going into the millennium. And then after the millennium, uh, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And we go into eternity future. And so the question is, in, in that time, will there be animals? And, um, I mean, I'm thankful Pastor Brian kind of helped me work through this first question, at least get us kind of started tonight. And so, um, so what, like, I mean, just kind of what is your thought? What is your general consensus? Do you, th- do you think, so in the future, in eternity future, do you think that there will be animals? Just kind of as a general, that there will be, yeah, there, that's kind of like the general consensus. And so, I just kind of want to start with this maybe that when we look at two different things here, we can kind of see the animals that we have today, right? We have our pets. We have our beloved animals. I know we have a cat and I love that cat. I don't know why I never used to like cats, but, but you, but so we all have animals. We've all had, have had pets in our life. And so I think I just wanted to start with um, having a balance of our animals that we have now and our pets that we have and that we love, and then looking at animals in the future of the new earth and new heaven, which we, which essentially will be, um, you know, it will be heaven. It will be heaven on earth essentially, and it'll be the new, um, it'll be a new heaven, new earth. So we go into eternity future. So it's a different time period. So if we look at what consists of like, you know, we as humans, um, we are what's called a trichotomy. And so we are made up of three parts, right? We have body, soul, and spirit. Okay. And if you go all the way back to Genesis in Genesis um, chapter two, this kind of just helps, I think, set the stage of kind of where we're going. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, and um, chapter 2 is a detailed account of, you know, God creating uh, man and how he did so. And we know that from verses 1, 27, he says, and so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, created him and them. And so we know that we're made, they were made in the image and the likeness of God. And then they lost their image when they fell, but we're made in the likeness of God. And so God is 
a trichotomy, essentially. He's three parts. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so God made us in that same likeness of body, soul, and spirit. And if you look at um, verse chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we, we have to understand that uh, humans are different from all other, of the entirety of all creation. Of all the creatures, we're the only ones that have a soul, an eternal soul, that will either spend eternity separated from God or it will be with him. And so you're either going to be uh, in hell, in the lake of fire, or you will be in heaven with him. Um, and so we know that if you're saved here today, I hope I hope that all you are. Um, you know, I'm just assuming everyone is, but I, if you're not, I mean, that's definitely the first thing that we got to you got to address. But so we have eternal soul, and humans are the only cre- creation that has that. And so we know that our soul must go somewhere. And the thing with the, the animals, though, all the other, uh, all of our pets, all of our animals that we have. They do not have a soul. And I know this is a controversial thing, and so I was even just kind of debating on even opening it up with this because there's a lot of people believe in, you know, remember watching the movie growing up, All Dogs Go to Heaven, right? You know, it's a classic movie, you know, it was great, you know. And I remember thinking that animals went to heaven, even before I had a relationship with God, before I was even saved, just, you know, why wouldn't they, you know, if... You know, because I'd always believe that, like, God existed, but you just assume that animals will go to heaven. But the reality is, and I know it's hard for some of us to to know, to hear, is that um, because they don't have a soul, because they don't have the, because the, our soul is what, is what gets redeemed, and they don't have that. So, unfortunately, our animals that we have, that we love, they will not be in heaven with us in, in, as we are. We, we will have, you know, a new glorified body. And there's a lot of different passages that, you know, give us a little bit. So we, we don't have a ton on what eternity future looks like. What, after the millennium reign of Christ, you know, we're not, we don't have everything. We don't have all the information. And so we can kind of, piece things together and we can have a uh, what's called like a progressive revelation where you know we kind of see the pattern of how God has done things so the animals that we have um, now I don't believe that we will see any of those in heaven with us and now that leads to the second part of our question of where will there be any animals period um, in the new earth. And, you know, looking at some of the Bible verses, and we'll look at some of these that we can kind of look at now to see if there will be animals. Um, if you want to turn to your Bibles, go to Isaiah. Uh, let's see. Isaiah chapter 11. We'll start in there. And Isaiah has a lot of account of, like, a lot of future prophecies um, of the millennial reign, of eternity future of what that kind of looks like so isaiah 11 
Let's see. Um, verses like four through uh, nine says that, but with the righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity uh, for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness, the girdle of his reins. And then this is where it kind of, we kind of see a glimpse of this. Uh, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw uh, like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. Then sh they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So Isaiah has a lot of prophecies that um, and if we look at, at the millennial reign of Christ, um, there's a lot of. And so we got to understand, too, the, the, the timeline a little bit of what when you know, when you go into the tribulation, we are not not us. We're not going to the tribulation. The church is not going but the time period after the tribulation, after the seven years ends, then the millennial reign of Christ begins. And that time period is, is different. And so we got to look at it, you know, remember understanding our rules of Bible study and the different dispensations and that, you know, we can't apply um, one truth from one dispensation to another. Like we have to make sure our dispensations are correct, you know, um, think they did they just recently do dispensations did they yeah so um hopefully you got a little bit of understanding that you know god dispenses his grace differently throughout time and uh if you've been through d2 you kind of got a little bit more understanding of that and so um so i think let's just look at this other passage i think this kind of helps us if we go to isaiah um Let's see, the other verses, Isaiah 65, 65 and 25, or no, uh, 65, I mean, even if you go back up to verse 17, it's Isaiah 65 and verse 17, and he says this, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. And so I think even with that, that if we think about, you know, um, with our other pets that aren't going to be in heaven, you know, we're not going to have any kind of sadness, any kind of remorse. We're not going to, in, in eternity future, there's not going to be any types of those kind of feelings. We're going to have so much joy, and we're going to be worshiping the Lord. We're gonna be, it's just going to be such an amazing time that we're not even going to know that we had those pets probably. We're not even going to miss them. I, I, you're not going to have any, oh man, my, my dog's not here with me. You know, you're not going to have that thought of sadness. And so I think that kind of gives us a little bit of comfort maybe that even though they won't be there necessarily with us, that you're not going to feel bad about it. You get what I mean? Um, so if you go down and you see, 
uh, towards the end of verse 25 and where he says, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, saith the Lord. So we see these different verses in Isaiah. Um, and one thing to kind of note is that um, these verses, it says that he's created a new heavens and a new earth. And if you look in Genesis in one one where it says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And if we kind of couple that together, and because it's kind of a full circle thing, that God brings things kind of full circle. If you bring it back to Revelation and to kind of just see the end of all this, in Revelation, let's see, it's, uh, I had the verse down somewhere. 21, yep, 21, uh, verse 1. And so this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is, um, the Re- this book is packed full of so many things that, uh, that are hard to like break down and, and fully know. Um, but they're hard to understand, but we can definitely believe it because God is able to do all these things. And so he's, so this is the vision that John sees in chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And again, like I said, because there's no, this is, this is an amazing thing, that there, is, there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And so I think that's just a, a crucial thing is that you know we're not going to have any of that suffering we're not going to have any of that pain we're not going to have any remorse of man my my animal is not here um but for to answer the question will the the animals after the uh, during this time so we know that there's horses in heaven that we come back as saints and that we we ride on a horse um and so, so with that, I mean, you can kind of, you can kind of see that there is likely to be animals um, based off of these things. And then I had one other verse just to kind of share. And then we can kind of get your thoughts, and we'll pass the mic around to see. We'll kind of work this through together. I just wanted to kind of get us started on this here. And then Romans eight, um, I think, gives us a good account of you know, that, that there will be animals, where it says, um, because the thing is that uh, the saying that, that, that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth doesn't necessarily say that all the other cre- creatures are going to be annihilated. That So in verse 8, 8.18, we'll read down to um, 22. Uh, says this, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Right? So all of creation is just waiting until 
you know, that last person gets saved and becomes the Son of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And so there is a, um, a redemptive part for all of creation. That, like God is going to redeem creation in different ways. And so we're redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so um, I think we can expect uh, animals in in the new, in new earth in the future. Um, but we just don't, I don't fully know what that looks like. So I don't know if anybody have any more thoughts on this. I think we'll just hand the mic around, right? Is this how we kind of normally do this? Does anybody have any thoughts that they want to share? Or maybe, I mean, like I said, we'll work through this together. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not, I don't know. Hopefully I'm not totally off base on all this, but, you know. Can stuff, will <laughs> livestock and stuff will be available, I mean, on the new earth. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be in the new heaven. So we're not necessarily going to have to worry about that. The the Jews and the new earth are going to get the wild the wild animals and the livestock is what I'm kind of guessing. Does that make sense? Yeah, like uh, – the cows, yeah, the cows and, and stuff like that. Yeah, does that kind of anybody else? Yeah, I think a little bit, but um, I'm just trying to think how. So basically, let's see, trying to trying to wrap around to that. Like, so we know, um, we know that there's going to be. A physical part to it, but it's it's a spiritual part that the church is definitely going to be different from everyone else. So, like the only the saints, only the church is going to be part of this. And I'm trying to think, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I don't know. If anybody has anything, we can go ahead and help us out here. We're just like, so we're going to do this together. We're going to work through this together. Anyone else have any thoughts? So I think what it's going to kind of go back to is that if we look at the beginning of Genesis and that how God gave gave man a job to do, um, you know, to to tend to the animals, to take care of them, that it's going to kind of go back. Um, like I said, God kind of does things full circle where um, there won't be a need for them. There won't be, like during the millennial reign. So if, if you just look at the millennial reign, the need for animals is going to be that people are going to have to work essentially in the same way that they did in the as the law. Like they're going to have, it's going to go back to um, a system, right? Am I correct on this here? Like they're going to have to prove themselves and, and through their works, even though they, they can have faith. Um, so there's going to be people in the millennial reign that will still, knowing that Jesus Christ is there reigning right there on earth with them, that there are still going to be, there's still going to be sin during this time. 
So they're still going to require a sacrifice. But once we go into the eternity future, that kind of need won't be there. But the need for them is... So I'm not 100% sure on the actual need. You're right. I mean, like, yeah, what would you... You're thinking, what is the need? Why would you need animals in heaven? Yeah, so, yeah, like... I mean, Jesus comes back on a horse. We we come back on a horse. So we know that they're there. Right. Yeah, eternity, future, with a new heaven and a new earth. All right. Let's see, I'm going to kind of revert to... Uh, I think we, I think they want us to have the mic, don't they? So that way we can hear. I know this is just a we don't know for sure type thing, you know. But uh, because right now we either have animals for food or whatever it may be, yeah. we have pets for comfort and whatever. But like you're. Paulo is saying, when we go to heaven, we're a spirit, and none of the animals have a spirit, like you said originally, and I think that's going to, that they won't be there. But like you said also, is we're not going to miss them either, because if it says we wouldn't have any sorrows or, or anything like that later on there in Revelation, so right. that's just my opinion. I, I think that they won't be there, but because they don't have a spirit, like we will be in heaven. Yeah, you know, um, honestly, this was, uh, I think my first question to do Bible study was definitely a tough one. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we got over here. Now, I just want to oh. ask you, oh, you said they without souls. I guess you can hear her. Yeah, they don't have a soul. They have a spirit, and so the spirit does give them a personality, and it does give them breath. It does no, not like because their spirit can't be re, can't come alive in the same way as as like their spirit can't connect to the Holy Spirit of God. They have so in the Bible, like spirit is um, defined as you know from the Holy Spirit. It's also defined as like breath, and so they have um, they have life. They have personality. They do have, and so I know that's a hard thing to kind of grasp that, you know, the animal self. Yes, we got, uh, is that Pastor, who's that, is that there? Is that Pastor Jeff? Yep, Pastor Jeff, chime in, chime in. You're good. Yes, a scripture verse to look at, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and starting in, um, Verse 19, of course, the uh, preacher there is talking that, uh, well, pretty much talking everybody's going to die. And he says, for that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts, even one thing befalleth them as the one dies, so dieth the other. 
Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. So he's talking about uh, the, the perspective from under the sun, living life on earth, okay? And you got to keep that in Ecclesiastes mind. Chapter three. Ecclesiastes 3.19. Then going on in the 20, all go unto one place, all are of the dust, all turn to dust again, because that's kind of where everything came from. And then he says here in verse 21, Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? And if you look at Genesis 124, that's exactly where the beast came from. They came from the earth. And as you mentioned, and as the Bible uh, points out, uh, man has a body, soul, and spirit. That's why he goes up to heaven, whereas the, the beast does not have a soul, but he does have the spirit or life that God had given it. But that spirit goes back down into the earth when it dies. I'm glad you had that verse uh Pastor Jeff, because I was, I, I couldn't remember where this verse was, and I should have looked it up to kind of had that. But I think that is a clear telling um, for us that, you know, there just is a difference between how we were created. And, I mean, God says he created man in his own image, and we are created in his likeness. Um, and it doesn't say that about the beast. It doesn't say that about the animals. So, and like I said, I opened up with that, and I know that's probably a controversial thing. I mean, there are, like, tons of pastors and stuff that believe that our pets will be in heaven with us, and that our, it is, it's weird, it, like, I, there's tons of people that believe it, um, and so we just got to use the scripture to back up what, what, what we know. Like, we can't do anything but what the Word of God says, Yes. Yeah, he loves them absolutely, and just because he he loves them doesn't mean um, he's created them in the same way as us. And that um, I know um, it's a hard one to swallow sometimes, but um, you know, yes, Candace has something I think to add here. So, that's the dawn. Okay. Yeah. I will say this was Oliver's question. Okay, yeah. I and it wasn't it. that he wanted to know about in heaven. Yeah. He wanted to know about on the new earth. And so that, with it being said, like what you said about the livestock, so would that, with them still having to do sacrifices? In the millennial reign. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then it talks about the wolves and stuff. Yeah. So obviously there there will be animals on the new earth. Absolutely. We just don't know the purpose per well, se. So like I said, you got, okay, so you got to look at, from the tribulation period, there, you know, from when the start of um, when Christ raptures the church out, is the start of the tribulation period, and you go through that seven-year period, okay, we know that there's still going to be animals, right? They're still going to be here. And then they will go through the whole entirety of the tribulation. And then at the end of the tribulation, um, then when um, Satan is bound to the bottomless pit first, right? And then the, you know, the millennium reign will start and we're reigning with Christ. And so those animals that came out of the tribulation period, they're still going to be in going into the millennium reign. The people that survived the tribulation period will be in the millennial reign. They'll, they'll, if they got saved and they, they'll be in the millennial reign. So there's going to be people there's, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, those 
during the millennial reign, you'll still have sin and death, and you'll still have. Uh, it's different once the thousand-year millennial reign is over, and the new heaven and the new earth is what we've seen in Revelation. It's it's a different period, and so uh, when we think of heaven, you know, we think, you know, the, so obviously there's the third heaven. So, and, the, and, and that's why I think it's key. And if you notice that in Isaiah, those passages, it says he created a new heavens and earth because during that time, it's still, there's still like the atmosphere, there's still the universe. But then in Revelation, it's just heaven, just like it was in Genesis. So when we go into future eternity with the new heaven and the new earth, that is essentially our etern- that is our eternity. When we say you're going to get saved and born again and you live in eternity, you live forever, that's that's our future. That's that's what it is. And so that's where we'll be. That's where we'll be dwelling. And so the difference of the animals there, and now that Pastor Brian's here, he might be able to clarify this a little bit better. Um, but we know the animal kingdom has always been part of the creation. I mean, we've seen that from the beginning. And so the Bible doesn't necessarily give us anything to say um, that the animals won't be there. Yes, Ron. Wrong one. Okay. I'd like to drop in a couple of extra things. I think um, to add to this, um, it would be good for us to just kind of see uh, different perspectives. So uh, if you would turn, please, let me drop in Isaiah chapter 9. And so this obviously is speaking of our Emmanuel, the mighty God, Prince of Peace, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And I'll let um, somebody read that. If they want to read that, that's fine. But I want to connect this with some other verses that Jesus gave us in the Gospels just to kind of get, I want to compare and contrast what will be going on, what I believe will be in the new earth. And I don't know what really God's going to do, but this verse says this. And so I'll let somebody read that. Um, Six and seven, I think, is what will give us what what I'm looking for. Yeah, and so that verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace shall be no end. Um, and it goes on to talk about the throne of David and all of that. So it's not going to, it's just going to go on and on and on and increase. Now, that, uh, I think 
what Chris is talking about is the people, like there will be people in eternity that will be multiplying, just like God told Adam and Eve to do in Genesis chapter 3. And so they will be multiplying throughout eternity. I can't even imagine what that looks like, but it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be just trillions and quadrillions and of people. And so that will be, you know, that, that will be his government. But then um, if you'll look in Matthew, there's a couple of verses here, but we can go to Matthew 22:30. And specifically, this is the question, you know, the Pharisees put this question or the Sadducees, sorry, put this question to Jesus. And they didn't really believe in the resurrection. They were kind of mocking him on this. But they, they put to him this this story. And there were se- there was a woman. And there were seven brothers. And the first brother had her and didn't have children. And the second brother had her and didn't have children. The third, on to the seventh. And, and they asked Jesus, well, whose will she be uh, in in the resurrection? Now, go back. They didn't believe in the resurrection, but they were, you know, just they were trying to put this question to Jesus. And so this I want to connect these two because this is us. We will be as the angel in heaven. Matthew 22, verse 30, uh, neither 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 marrying nor being given in marriage. So uh, the reason I want to compare and contrast that is, you know, our 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 perspective will be completely different. I mean, our we've already been given a spiritual kingdom and if you know we remember the difference between the kingdom of god and the kingdom of heaven you know the kingdom of heaven is is only in matthew it is and then the kingdom of god is actually well it's in matthew 2 but it's also in the other gospels it's spiritual it's not meat and drink romans 14:17 it's not meat and drink or it's not yeah but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, Romans uh, fourteen seventeen. So that we'll have a completely, totally different perspective, and so um, it's it's controversial now, um, but you know it's not going to be controversial then. I mean, God can do whatever He wants with creation, and He created all those animals in the first place. I would also take you back, uh, if you would like to go to Revelation chapter 4. This is Revelation chapter 4, and I do not know what verse it is yet. But John is describing these beasts that he sees. And and I think uh, I think it's here. He tells us that they have, let's see. I think he says the face of a man, the face of an ox, a lion. Verse 7, I think is what somebody said, an eagle. A man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. So if you look at that, um, I would I, I would point to that as, you know, probably uh, God's going to, you know, he's going to, con- there, there, I, I would say that it's a new, another passage that would point to that, yes, there will be animals on the new earth. So, God's created all this stuff for beauty and for glory and not to be worshipped, but, you know, he's created it. God has given us all things richly to enjoy. I don't remember where that verse is, but um, it, it's a it's a it's a good verse to remember. 
but but our perspective will be totally different because we'll be in this spiritual kingdom as you showed us back in Revelation chapter 21 you know the new Jerusalem that's where we will be dwelling and I think uh, John chapter 14 tells us that where uh, you know let not your heart be troubled uh, I go to prepare if I if I go I will come again to receive you uh, but if I go, I prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. So. All right. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's good. I think that covers. May I, may I now. add one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go for I'm it. sorry, Chris. I'm, I'm, I apologize. No, you're good. No worries. Uh, as a sidebar, as a sidebar, uh, Proverbs 12:10 says, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. And I look at that as part of our stewardship in regards to God's creation. Because God did create Adam in the very beginning to steward the garden, steward the, steward the animals. I mean, he named the animals and everything else like that. And so anyone who has a pet, anyone who has livestock, uh, it would behoove us to... Um, regard the lives of those animals and to be the best stewards that we can in regards to the life of those animals. And uh, I think also, and my, this is just my opinion, I'm thinking in the new heaven and new earth, what God had originally created before the fall uh, will be experienced in the new heaven and, earth, and the new earth. And that's, that's really the only thing I have to add. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Isaiah 66 verses 20 through 22 it's talking about the new heavens and the new earth and it mentions the beasts are going to be brought up as they worship the Lord right it's, it's a similar one yeah from uh, 65 yeah um, 66 20 through 23 uh, I yeah, and he says, and they shall bring all your brethren for an offering unto the Lord out of all nations upon horses and in chariots and litters and upon mules and upon swift beasts. To my holy mountain Jerusalem, saith the Lord, as the children of Israel bring an offering and a clean vessel unto the house of the Lord. And I will also take of them for priests and for Levites, saith the Lord. And for as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. Yeah. So, um, I think there's a lot there. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of uh, verses that you can look at to, you know, put all that together. Um, but I do know that, you know, the, just like what Ronald was saying, it's going to be a completely different perspective. It's going to be our thoughts, our mind, like, is going to be solely focused on um, worshiping the Lord. And, you know, uh, I think my wife has a good verse here about in Revelation in 4.11, when it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things for Thy pleasure, and they are and were created. So God has created everything, all of creation, for His honor, His glory, for His pleasure. And so whatever He does with all that, and however He lays all that out, is solely up to God. And, um, you know, we just know that for our part of being redeemed of, of our soul, we know that it's through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we know that uh, our souls are sealed until the day of redemption. And so, you know, we have something so much more glorious to look forward to, you know. So, 
Does anyone have any more thoughts on this uh, topic? Yes. Or what? Okay. That's uh, Matthew. She said, "What's the meaning in verse Matthew seven through six? And so, Matthew seven, chapter seven, verse six. Um, let's see. All right. So. All right, well, I'll read the verse, and then, um, you know, one thing that we always want to make sure that we're looking at is, is context. You know, context is number one Bible study rule, and so we can't just read a verse and, like, base a doctrine off of it. Uh, we can't just read a verse and know what that passage is talking about or what the chapter is talking about. So we have different circles of context, and so if we see the the one verse, we got to make sure that, uh, what is it referring to in that passage? What is it referring to in the entire chapter? And what's it referring to in the whole of the Bible, right? And so that's our, it's a crucial thing. So we can re- read this verse. The verse that says, um, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before a swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. And, uh, you know, before this, he's he he, talk, he opens up the chapter where he's talking about judge not that ye be not judged, right? So if we we kind of look at, at a little bit of context, or we're we're talking about judgment um, in the first part of this, and uh, talking about the 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 beam that's in your own eye, uh, make sure that you check that first before you call out someone's moat in their eye. So make sure your heart is right, right before. You are, you know, getting on to other people um, for what they're doing or what they're not doing, right? Uh, make sure your heart is right. And then he says, give that not which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your spoil before swine. So the thing is, is that we don't want to necessarily, and from my understanding of, of here, but we can kind of uh, look at this a little bit, but we don't want to just do things in the body of Christ just to do them. Uh, we don't want to just like have all of these um, ideas and plans without being things being done decent in order. And so, if we have if we have things, missionary or uh, you know ministries that we do that it's just like there's not going to be any fruit, um, and you're just going to cast your pearls before swine. Basically, you're going to you're going to just lay all these things out here before uh, and just and allow it to eat it all up. Like you're not putting your resources and your time and effort into uh, what is actually going to bring fruit and edify the kingdom. Um, because really, if you look at the passage, like that is kind of a separate verse. We have that one verse and then... Um, Matthew fifteen twenty six. Uh, 
Oh, I meant to tell you, too, that uh, we should just give me a softball here so I didn't have to dive in too deep. All right, 1526. Uh, and he says, but, and he, but answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Okay, so um, basically, you know, we got people, there's all kinds of different people um, in the body of Christ. And sometimes there's just some people that are just not going to do anything but get saved and live the rest of their life and not necessarily be fully invested in uh, for Christ. So I, I think it's about what are we investing in, right? Are we investing in things that are eternal and things that are going to grow the kingdom of God? Or are we just throwing, you know, our pearls, our precious things, right? That's what pearls are. There's something precious. It's a precious stone. So the things that God's given us, are we just casting that to the swine just to be eaten up and have no effect, right? It's like, are we, do we just do this, uh, you know, Bible publishing ministry and we do this Bible conference that we just make these Bibles and we don't actually do anything with them. We don't actually make sure they get to where they need to go. So I think it's about just uh, where your heart is investing um, and uh, making sure that, you know, we're doing things under the structure, right? That God has a structure in place that if we follow that, we have protection and we have an umbrella that, you know, we can always refer to, oh, well, this is my pastor has said that this is what we should be doing. I'm going to trust him in that. And, um, you know, as a family unit, that the man is going to make those uh, biblical decisions that he needs to, to for his family, right, for his wife and for his kids. And so I think if we follow a structure and just do things decently in order, uh, so maybe that's just a devotional thought on that. But, uh, yeah. He's got the mic. Who's got the mic? Give it to. I had, sorry, I had something on my lap. Um, so, uh, Chris, good job in your right devotionally. So, doctrinally, where do you think that passage there in, in Matthew 7, uh, what is that referring to there? With the, is Jesus is speaking to the Jews, like you said, in context and talking about judging not lest they be judged. And, uh, and it gives this warning about the, uh, you know, the dogs and the swine. So, uh, do you have any thoughts on what dogs are um, as a type in the Bible? Uh, well, a lost, a lost man, so Gentiles. Yeah. So, so maybe could we look at maybe Psalm twenty-two sixteen and see, you know, just some examples of that in the old, how God uses that through the Bible, and and shows us that Gentiles are like dogs. There's lots of examples. But this is one that just comes to mind. And there's another one I would, well, we can grab. Paul uses in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2. Uh, but 
uh, Psalm 22 is the is a prophecy of the crucifixion of Jesus. It's like a play-by-play of what he's seeing on the cross. And it's interesting as he's as he's on the cross. Of course, um, he's looking at his bones and all of those things, and it's it's very much what he's seeing and experiencing. Um, but in uh, just, I'll go ahead and read that since I got the mic here. But <clears throat> um, I'll just start in verse, uh, kind of give you the context of what's going on. He says many in verse twelve. He also uses an analogy here. Of bulls, he says, many bulls have compassed me. Now, literally, there weren't bulls compassing Jesus. He says, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. <clears throat> they gaped upon me with their mouths as ravening and a roaring lion. Of course, we could talk about that. <clears throat> and then he says, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Now, this is a prayer, of course, of the Son to the Father. And notice what he says in verse 16. For dogs, again, there weren't literal dogs necessarily. Maybe there were. But he says, for dogs have compassed me, and the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. So these dogs, they've, they've come around him. They're a wicked assembly, and they've pierced him. Uh, so that would be, you know, the Roman soldiers, again, the dogs. And he and then through the Bible, uh, that is established. And later on, Paul is having a having a, a word uh, about the, the Judaizers. Um, and, and he also makes a warning, and he uses the same analogy of dogs in the, in the book of uh, Philippians chapter 3. Um, and we get over there, Philippians chapter 3. And this, I don't think I'm exhausting this. These are just a few references I got kind of bouncing in my brain here. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2, he says, Beware of dogs. Uh, which, you know, it's always good to beware of a dog. But that's not really what he's talking about there. Uh, beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Um, uh, and he's and he goes on to say, for we are of the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. What's interesting about that passage is now Paul, who is a Hebrew of the Hebrews, is actually calling Jews that are and Judaizers dogs. Um, and he's, he says, beware of dogs, lost people, but also beware of the concision, beware of those that will cut you off. They're, you know, they're one in this, they're lost. Even though they're, they're Jewish in heritage, they're, they're not saved. And they're dangerous. Um, and so, uh, and the last, the last thing that I would think about in regard to dogs is Revelation 22 and, uh, verse 15, which deals with, again, with judgment of dogs. And this isn't talking about old yeller. Um, so in Revelation 22:15, he says, um, for without our dogs, and just kind of back it up a little bit. Uh, of course, we're now at the very last words of the Lord, and uh, we, we're dealing with the, um, you know, the river of water of life flowing out of the, out of the throne. And He says, um, verse twelve: Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to to every man according as he as his work shall be. I am Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. The first and the last, verse 14. And blessed are they that do his commandments 
that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have set mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. And so, again, he's using the, the word dogs, and he's not t- talking about physical dogs here. Obviously, as you mentioned, he's talking about lost people. Um, and uh, and they, are, they, are, uh, they can be, uh, and particularly not just lost dogs. These are lost dogs that bite, they have teeth, and are dangerous to the gospel. So, um, he's, I believe in, and I do believe in Mark, or I'm sorry, Matthew 7 there. Um, he's, he's obviously making a reference there as well to uh, the Gentile dogs, and, and that would be Romans as well, in particular, uh, as you see in Psalm chapter 22, the Roman, um, the Roman soldiers there that were problematic. So, um, for we, <clears throat> he says, but um, wherefore my brother and also See, where's that verse? Where's she at in verse uh, 7? Or is it verse 5? 6? But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein as we were held. Oh, I'm in Romans 7. No wonder I can't find it. i got to get in the right book. It's like, that just isn't lining up. All right. So Romans, Matthew chapter 7, not Romans. So give, give not that which is holy, Unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Uh, again, just a, kind of a little bit more with the swine. Of course, you go to Proverbs and you, it talks about the dog returns to his own vomit. And uh, it also talks about swine. So lost people do act like dogs as well. Uh, they go from person to person in relationships without any covenant of marriage. Uh, like dogs from one person to the next, and uh, also uh, swine, right? They just wallow in the mire. So there's a lot of analogies there to lost people. So I don't. I'm just saying that's. I think doctrinally, though, specifically, I would say that Jesus is warning because those dogs are going to surround him at the crucifixion, and he's got judgment for them as well in the future if they don't repent. All right. That's why he's the man. He does this. Uh, he, he does this. Work. Well, I think he's saying that the, I mean, we got to beware of the lost world. We got to make sure we're not, we're not, obviously we want to reach the people. We want to reach the world. We want to give them the gospel. But, uh, you know, even with what, like Doug Pearson was talking about on Sunday morning a couple weeks ago, where that you don't want to get too close to them. You don't want to have such a relationship with them where you just start acting like them, right? And you, you want to make sure that, we we have family that are lost, we that are uh, you know can bring us harm, and uh, I know I do, <laughs> and I know I'm sure a lot of us do that. I think we just want to make sure we're, we're aware of them. That's why I think Paul says beware of the dogs because yeah they're going to they can affect our relationships, and uh, I mean obviously the Gentiles are the ones that the Romans that you know and the Jews ought too, but all, the Romans that you know killed Jesus, you know. So I think just, uh, yeah, doctrinally, I think, you know, that's great. Pastor, thanks for that because uh, I think my mind was somewhere else on it. All right. Uh, 
Any other thoughts on that? Yes, Bob. Matthew 7, 6, and we understand that this whole section of Matthew is commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And we know that all of the Bible is written for us, not all of it is specifically written to us. Right. Who Jesus is specifically talking to in Matthew 7, verse 6, is the religious leadership of Israel. And so there we have the specifics about who Jesus is talking to, and he does everything except calls him out by name. And so we have to respect that. Yep, that's true. Like I said, that's that's all part of understanding the context of you take one verse, you got to make sure that you're looking at what is the chapter about? What is that whole passage about? Yeah, that whole passage goes all the way back from, um, you know, chapter five, you know, when he when he starts and he says, and seeing the multitudes, chapter five, verse one, seeing the multitudes and he went up to, into a mountain and when he was set, his disciples came upon him and he opened his mouth and, and he taught them saying, and so from all of five, six, and seven, you know, that's what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. So, yeah, you got to make sure all that, um, you compile all that together. All right, that's good. That's good. All right, does we have, uh, do we have any other questions? This is, uh, yes. Like I said, softball, underhand, underhand. Yeah, um, I might as well, I might as well. Throw in my two cents. Okay. 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 And I agree with everything that's being said, context, all that kind of stuff. Also, in a very practical way, um, and I know everybody in here has probably experienced this at one time, but um, Proverbs uh, 29.9 says, if a, man, if a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. And then in uh, Proverbs um, 26, it says, um, answer not a fool according to his folly, at least thou be like him. And there's admonitions in the word of God that tell us, you know, to uh, answer a heretic twice. Or if someone comes to your door and they're preaching something that's not, don't give them God's speed. So I think in a very practical sense, and I know we've all dealt with somebody like this, there are those folks who are so convinced of their lie that they won't hear the truth. And so there has to come a time when you have to agree to disagree and stop casting uh, the pearls of truth at their feet that they're going to trample on because they just simply refuse to receive those pearls uh, to their own destruction. And it's true of the Jews. I mean, Jesus tried, but he said, okay, guys, the only sign you're going to get is me coming out of the grave. And they even tried to cover that up. So uh, in a very practical way, I think uh, that also is an application. Perfect. No, that's that's very true. Very true.
Good. Yeah, it's foolish. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, we don't want to waste our time, right, on the fools. That it's if they're going to be a fool, and then well, it's, it's even sometimes it's us ones that are saved, we can we can be saved and still act lost and and be foolish. You know, we gotta make sure we're making you know decisions based off of what the word of God says. So, yes, Shane. <laughs> I said in that casting your pearls before swine uh, to use a lot of discernment when you're doing that yeah. uh, because uh, I was a Jehovah's Witness raised as Jehovah's Witness and uh, I had heard from many churches and been in a couple and been in all kind of different stuff and it was a lot of years before I actually was ready to. Um, in fact, I came to Harlem Baptist Fellowship three times and said, "Whoa, I ain't no, this ain't for me," you know. Yeah. And then I, and a year later, I came back. So it, it's like sometimes some of us are pretty darn stubborn, you know, and hard-headed. Right. Um, uh, some of us are just actually pig-headed, you know. Uh, speaking for myself, nobody else here would fit that, I know. But um, it's, so we have to, you know, we have to use a lot of discernment and wisdom, you know. Yeah. Uh, be, what is the scripture? Uh, <laughs> wise as a serpent. Uh, I can't think of what the dove's supposed to be right this second. It's <laughs> thought uh, yeah, what what Jamie said over there, he's quoted scripture. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it, it is. Uh, I I know people. I've talked to people that Jehovah's Witnesses come to their door, and they just automatically will not talk to them because you know. But I always, I if the Mormons come to my door or Jehovah's Witnesses come to my I'd do it out of a little meanness because they're not supposed to talk to me because I'm just fellowship. But uh, you know, uh, yeah. but uh, the Mormons, I'll talk. I, I'll talk to them. You know, um, I'm not going to invite them in for a Bible study. You know that that's what they're angling for. But I will talk to them. Yeah. Um, I'm just not going to use a lot of time doing it. You know. Right. But uh, yeah. it's just one day you might have the right one to hit your door and. He's not real sure, or she's not real sure about, you know, and, and he might just say something that pricks their interest. So that would be my ad, admonition. You know that word, I can't say. Admonition. Um, to uh, don't ever just reject them because of who they are, you know? Right. That's good. That's true. I mean, 
you never know when uh, people are ready to hear the gospel and get saved from it. So, all right, I think we got about 10, 15 minutes here. Do we have any other uh, questions? I'll I'll give it a go at. Uh, we'll see how we do. And but okay. kind of a follow up to okay. a study that we had a, a few weeks ago. Okay. And the subject of that discussion was Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. Give you all a minute to to get there. Romans 10.15 says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. A couple of interesting points about this verse. The only part of the human body that God calls beautiful are the feet. And it's also interesting that that verse is one of the few places in the Bible that ends with an exclamation point. If you look at Isaiah 52, verse 7, give you a minute to get there as well. Because this is where that passage is sourced from. And it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And surprise, surprise, that verse ends with an exclamation point. Good. Good, Bob. We just learned about the armor of God at last VBS, and being shod with the gospel of peace was definitely part of that. So hopefully we're all doing that. Because I know one thing I'd. I don't like feet, but they are called beautiful. That if you if you're taking the gospel where it needs to go, <laughs> just being honest here. Just being, uh, all right, what else we got? We got about ten minutes, I think, before we wrap this up and head out back. Is that right after this, or is that a okay? Yeah. So right after we're done here, we might try to get out here a little bit early then. If yes, Pastor Brian. Uh, my first Q&A Bible study. Uh, that's a good question. Let me Google that. Uh, that's what I was going to do. And, uh, um, you know, this is definitely something, uh, it's it's a little bit tricky for sure. Like you prepare a lesson or something like I'll you know, teach sometimes on Friday night life issues and it's just different. And I'm just racking my brain like, what should I study something? What do I do? You really can't. And uh, you just trust the Holy Spirit. Um, I am thankful for this opportunity. It really, I felt like, got me out of my comfort zone and kind of just got me to 
just that much more to make sure that I'm studying my Bible and studying his word. And I hope it encourages you to do the same, that really any one of us can come up here and answer these questions if we're in our word and studying it. And God has given us the same Holy Spirit to teach us all things. And so, um, I'm, you know, <laughs> we'll see how the next, if I ever get into this again. I know, I don't know. I might not have me back. Uh, uh, oh, well, thanks. Uh, that's good. Uh, comedy roast, maybe, right? Uh, do what? No, well, uh, you're better, better here than somebody volunteer to do it. I was going to have my wife as a plant uh, where I was going to be like, everyone's asking all these hard questions, and I'll be like, uh, Lauren, go. And she's going to be like, how do you get saved? Yes. <laughs> now, uh, no, we didn't do that. That's. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, uh, I think it's just encouraged me to make sure that uh, just be in the Word, just be studying it, um, just keep doing what I'm doing with it. And, uh, you know, we'll see how if I get another opportunity to do it. I don't know. But. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. It's encouraging to see a lot of people here tonight. So, um, so I think with that, I think we'll go ahead and uh, wrap us up. We'll close in some prayer. We'll get prepared to go out here and uh, see some kiddos, see some fireworks, and I think they got ice cream and stuff going on. So that'd be a good time. Uh, and I know as the praise, like uh, if you're interested in coming back on Sunday nights for prayer meeting, they always have a, a prayer meeting at six o'clock on Sunday. So that's a good time just to, uh, you know. Yes. We did it in years past. I, I think they just, they just, uh, <laughs> we might. I mean, there's some hoses out in the armory that we might be able to use and get out there. No, I think they go far enough out. They go far enough out in the field where uh, I don't think you have to worry too much about it. So, all right, with that, let's go ahead and pray. And-